time, the whole thing was shadowing us, right behind us, right on the side of us. You could, you could kind of see the thing moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, and the whole night, this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black thing, is all I can Squatch DTV, exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. And good evening, Cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch TV for today's date, June 6, 2021. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Tech Steve Coles, along with the man down there, Mr. Chris Bennett. Hello, Chris. How are you? Steve, doing well here in Kentucky, man. Keeping the yard mode and... Uh... Well, it's a good thing, too, man, because uh, we got the yard mode yesterday, and we really got a flood of rain today. I know there's a lot of people uh, in, the, in the country that's, that's got a lot of dry weather going on now, and they could have probably used it worse than we could, but, uh, man, it, it's been really wet. But yeah. uh, other than that, pretty good. How, how are you been doing up there in the big NY? <laughs> well, big NY, we had a rain a few nights ago. And it's kind of funny because we went from a week ago having weather in the low 40s, high 30s <laughs> to 90 degrees today. Oh, yeah. Well, welcome. So welcome see, to the New York, yeah. In New York, Mother Nature is a schizophrenic. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike our guest who down there in Florida, and we got Matt Larson on. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm great. How are you? We are wonderful. You know, Florida, Mother Nature seems to be a little less schizophrenic. It's generally pretty warm and muggy there all the time. 
Well, yeah, my wife made a comment about that today, and I said it could be worse. We could be in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Well, it could be worse. It could be in New York when uh, all of a sudden you're sitting there in January and you get dumped three feet of snow on you, which <laughs> happened to me this year. But anyway, let's do our roll call for the chat tonight. Of course, we got John. Lot of, lot John Swan's in the in. house. Hey, John. And hello. Good Curious you, Cryptids in the house. Hey, Steve. Welcome, man. <laughs> Western New York Bigfoot Research Organization is in the house. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Sorry, Tom. Tom had to leave. Tom uh, Connolly had to leave. Well, so. we may, we'll miss you, Tom, but we appreciate you dropping in. Hello to Ammon. Chris, he's out there. OT is in the house. Chris. Tack, of course, OT. is Mike is in Tack. the house. Say big Mike. Low Rider. Low Rider is back. We, I Ooh, don't think we Rider. saw him last week. Hello, hello. Welcome. We got Tim T in Florida. Hello, Tim. Hey, Tim. And uh, poor OT apparently uh, just got... Had a self-inflicted wound thanks to a uh, a, uh, a a weed whacking incident. Hit him right oh. in the sisters, he said. <laughs> oh no! Oh, that's terrible. And uh, we have uh, Smedley Do Right, part skunk and part ape. Smedley. <laughs> Prairie fires in the house. Prairie fire, good to see you. Something to Sasquatch about. Is oh, that's cool. I like that name. That's. Neat. Don from Maine. Hello, Don. Don, welcome, bud. And of course, we got Pat in the house, and he says at least <laughs> Arizona's a dry heat. Hey, Pat. Yeah. No. <laughs> John Bush is here. Terry hey, Shale. Hello. Welcome, John. Hello, hello. Terry. Jay Fritz, good to see you. Hey, Jay. Sherry's in the house, too. Sherry. So there we are. We got the, the gaggle of folks here. And of course, Rod Dupree just popped in over there on the hey, YouTube. Welcome, Rod. Good to see you. Um, so anyway, uh, again, for those listening on Anchor FM, uh, one of our Anchor FM affiliates, iHeartRadio, um, Stitcher, uh, Apple, um, Apple Podcast, Apple Play, um, be sure if you're around around YouTube on Sunday nights, join us live where you get to see some of the action as opposed to last week we had a very visual show. Um, this week we have less of a visual show. So those that are listening on anchor, you know, feel free to, uh, so we also got, uh, Jeff yeah. Trifoletti in the house too as well. Hello, Jeff. Welcome, and, Jeff. So here we are. And, um, you know, uh, Matt, part mm -hmm. of the things we do is, uh, we're, we're starting to do this weekly product review thing. Um, of course, um, all the, um, all the product information uh, that you see will be listed uh, in the bottom in the description. And, uh, you know, just for a fun thing, I also, uh, there's a case I display in this, uh, a Pelican case, and I decided to, uh, you know, actually put a link in for that as well. Probably one of the best waterproof cases that, you know, money can buy. And uh, they're pretty, pretty durable. Uh, you can drop them and whatever. And it just so happens that I keep one of my devices in there, and you'll see it. So tonight we're going to talk about the night vision. We're going to play this quick video, and then we're going to get back on to our topic tonight. So our here's our product review of the week. Buddy, welcome, and today we're going to be reviewing the Creative XP Night Vision Binoculars. This product is available at Amazon for about $250, comes with a $15 coupon, and it comes with a carrying case, an SD card reader, and a mini SD card, 32 gigabytes, so not a bad size. Their carrying case fits nicely in a Pelican Storm Case IM2050, and uh, just fits perfectly, as you can see here. 
That's the actual carrying case it comes with. Open it up, and there's the, all the materials. Also comes with some AV cables as well, and the instruction manual. So here we are looking at the uh, top of the unit. Of course, there is your power button. Long press, hold. You turn on and turn off. Now we have the top of the unit where we have the uh, infrared mode. There's three IR levels and a snap mode where you can uh, either quick snap, quick press for a picture or a long press for video. And of course this level is your level of zoom as well as the mode whether you want this to be in live mode or playback mode because you can playback this on the unit, any videos you record or look at your pictures as well. The unit takes eight AA batteries. I use rechargeables and they seem to last a heck of a long time. I, the other cool thing is that it does have a tripod mount on the bottom of the unit. In summary, this unit is kind of heavy to be in cumbersome to be carrying a lot in, in woods, but if you have a, a backpack or something you can carry it in, it will be very, very accessible and very easy to use. Uh, the tripod mount is awesome and any vehicle mount, uh, vehicle use would be great as well. I highly recommend this product, it's a great piece of equipment. The product link will be down below and check out some video of its use in the field. As always, we thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe, and we'll catch you Sunday nights live 9 p.m. Eastern on Squatch D TV. Yeah, that, that last part of the video, Steve was shooting a bat. Yep. Uh, and uh, that's not thermal. That's just night vision binoculars. And uh, Steve, Steve owns these, and when I saw him, he brought them here. We were around back checking them out. You know, and uh, it was it was pitch black, and even on uh, the setting one of the IR illuminator, I was amazed. I could not believe it. And uh, dude, you, you, if you got anything close, you got to be real careful because it is so powerful; it just wash it out. You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I had to have a set, so I ordered me a set immediately after that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we're we're playing around with some other thermal soon too. So yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of fun, um, a lot of fun. So let's get into tonight's show. And uh, I yep. just wanted to mention, make mention. I think uh, um, uh, we got a couple of more people. Bob Lemley showed up a little bit late, but hey, there Bob. he is. Welcome. And we got JD Sedona. Welcome, sir. JD, good and um, hey, just so everybody knows, again, a, a quick reminder. That as of July 1st, we will be strictly broadcasting live on YouTube. Uh, we will not be broadcasting live to Facebook. Kind of helps us with the, uh, see how our stats are going. So uh, folks that are that are on the Facebook, uh, pop on over. Because we can't really comment on Facebook anymore, thanks to some of their restrictions. I can comment on Twitter. I can comment on YouTube. 
uh, when I do an all post, but my it won't um, go out to <laughs> Facebook, which kind of makes it a little difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and the other thing too is, uh, you know, Pat makes a comment, and we'll we'll, we'll t- uh, I'll ask Matt about this too. Is that I think so? In some cases, uh, a night vision may actually be better than a FLIR, especially if you think you have a creature in your sights, because the FLIR doesn't really give a, a high definition type of of view. You don't see the, uh, you know, you'll you'll see just a a thermal <laughs> image rather than an actual image of. Well, yeah, and that that image that you showed of the bat, okay, everybody needs to understand. I was there when Steve was showing this thing on screen, and he he was capturing it, and this was pitch black. Uh, This this happened, uh, was that the night, was that the night we made the video, that night? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, you you guys can see, you know, when we made that video, we've got the, the, the IR is on us, and anything behind us is just completely washed out black. Well, that's how dark it was down there. Yeah, and uh, we, we were looking through that thing. And I was like, "Oh my god, it's like daylight over yeah. there." You know, the uh, and I was just using the video cam IR with a little booster yeah. that could, you know, you could stand out there 15, 20 feet in front of you, and you can you can do a video. Um, but the binox and they were shooting across the the river, and that was a yes. good 150, 200 feet easily. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And, oh yeah, uh, that's that's very conservative. <laughs> yeah, um, and it definitely was um, definitely was dark out there. If you didn't probably have that, closer you to two fifty, probably, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And to get well, that bat on there. Um, so former everything says finally caught a live show. Welcome former everything. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Good to see Good you. See ya. Um, Glad to have you here. So Matt, let's 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 get into it with Matt tonight. Matt is from obviously Central Florida. He runs a YouTube channel, Central Florida Bigfoot. That's also listed in the description down below. If you want to check out his YouTube page, please pop on over, give him a sub, give him a like or two, and check out his stuff over there. And uh, Matt is a former journalist and he may even be a current journalist. Uh, <laughs> he is. Don't say that yet. <laughs> um, uh, Matt's a journalist and has gotten into the Bigfoot research world. Ooh. So, Matt, throw it out there. How did you get started in this crazy Bigfoot business? Why? Why? Well, I had an ego out about two years ago, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I followed my uh, childhood passions. And, and uh, well, I, I, you know, three years ago, I didn't know what YouTube was. I mean, I, I mean, I knew it was there. I never went to it. I don't think I ever watched anything fully on it unless I stumbled across something, but I never, it was never a go-to for me until I had my knee replacement and I had five weeks and about week two, I was going nuts and uh, said, Hey, what is this YouTube? And you know, you just get in there and you started putting in everything I was curious about when I was a kid, Loch Ness Monster, Stonehenge, aliens um you know you name it um i was a big into stonehenge i've always been into archaeology i studied archaeology at university of south florida i thought i was going to be an archaeologist um at one time but evidently my math in the modern world didn't count as a math class (laughs) (laughs) so i that would have put me on the six-year program so i uh stuck with photojournalism and uh ended up getting a degree in uh, mass communications and been in media for the last 36 years. And I'm still there until they see this. And then I'll probably be out of media. <laughs> I was trying to be um, kind of, I was, you know, it, I started really shooting during the pandemic. So it was really nice because I never put myself on. 
I, I, I wasn't the guy that turned the camera on myself and narrated. I, I'm trained to observe and I'm trained to document and I'm not trained to be in front of the camera. So um, I started that way and um, just slowly, slowly got into it and ended up doing a couple stints over with uh, Carrie Arnold on Bigfoot Odyssey as filling in. Kind of got the bug a little bit and uh, now I'm in my, uh, you know, wife's old painting studio and I got a complete YouTube studio and then that my lives have taken off Saturday Night Live with, uh, you know, CFB, Central Florida Bigfoot. And it's just been a blast, but it really got into that mystery, you know, going back as a kid, I was always curious and, and researching things and, you know, went down the Bigfoot rabbit hole. I also went down the Paul McCartney is dead rabbit hole, by the way. I've watched way too many um, YouTube videos on that. I had everyone convinced that, you know, Billy Shears is doing a great job as, as Paul McCartney, by the way. Because um, have you ever seen the video on YouTube where the guy who get, gives the tours of Paul McCartney's old childhood home comes um, out and stands on the sidewalk? Have you seen that? No, you, and, and there's a good reason why. <laughs> No, there's a guy who did a YouTube breakdown. The guy comes out and he's giving the tour. He goes, oh, Mr. McCartney used to live here and he does all this stuff. And then they bring up images and they overlap them. And it, man, I was like, that is Paul McCartney, man. That guy, he's still there. But anyway, I went down all those rabbit holes and uh, started watching the Bigfoot stuff and, and uh, was curious and got hooked on a couple of channels and was following them religiously, um, watching way too much, and then decided to, there was a challenge to go out and look in your area. And I went, well, I'm in Florida, I'm not out West. And I went out, started looking and started seeing some strangeness and started recording it. And then, um, you know, I got hooked ever since. I mean, I'm just going out within, you know, 70, 80 miles from my house. We have a lot of state parks around us, a lot of uh, green swamp, uh, we got, Colt Creek. We got a lot of water management districts. I, I mapped it out the other day from, from University of South Florida out to Northeast. You can go 38 miles of total wilderness. So that's my research areas, Central Florida. Right. Now, uh, one of the, uh, I believe it was uh, uh, Smedley Dewright asked, is, Flor is Central Florida swampy at all? <laughs> yes. Yeah, just a little. And I did not know how swampy it was until I started this. I really never noticed the swamps. I mean, I never understood the joke. You can buy swampland and I'll sell you swampland in Florida. I never understood the joke. And I grew up here since I was six months old. Never understood the joke until I started getting into Bigfoot. And then you realize, you know, 100 yards off the interstate, you're in the swamp, believe yeah, it or not. Yeah. Now, uh, former former everything says, Paul, Paul is alive and well, but his voice is dead. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, uh, Gosh. Uh, that's, that's a great conspiracy. Patrick, Patrick McGuire, welcome, Patrick. He says there's nothing wrong with a good conspiracy theory now and again. Yeah. Well, Paul, Paul McCartney is pretty sharp, too. Uh, it's been several years ago. I think they did a study. He was like one of, if not the richest uh, artist yeah. of, of all the singers, uh, everybody put together. Old McCart McCartney was uh, rolled in the dough. Now, I I'm going to speak some blasph blasphemy mm. to some. <laughs> mm. I don't care for the Beatles at all. What? <laughs> no. Well, I haven't heard any of their new stuff, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still partial to the old not stuff. Not in a few years. Not in a few years. 
Oh. Wow. Oh, Jason said he's in Central Florida. Cool. Well, you hear, here we go. You know, if you think about it, probably somewhere in a room listening to the Paul McCartney is really dead podcast that's out there. Mm. Sitting there listening to the podcast is Tupac. Biggie and um, <laughs> Elvis—they're all sitting together Whoa. listening to that, laughing. <coughs> so that's that's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm I'm so, so, sorry, Western New York. I'm just not a Beatles fan. Just just not a Beatles fan. Now Led Zeppelin, different story. But I digress. Well, you know that's the thing about Florida and uh well matt's area in particular i i looked at some of the videos i really like that area down there that looks really good uh it looks like a really good spot for snakes too uh do you have any problems <laughs> snakes snakes, yeah. snakes. <laughs> bennett what the hell's the matter with you there's yeah. crocodiles yeah well i, I wouldn't worry about those but uh you know you can you can probably see the the alligator the crocodiles and the alicats coming you know you can see them coming at you but uh a snake, you can walk all. I got, I'm living proof. You can walk all over one of them without ever seeing it until you you've been had. Well, that's true. I I don't worry. You know, having grown up in Florida, I don't. I alligators, no, no big, no big deal. Snakes, they'll move from you unless you step over a log and don't watch where you place your foot. Like yeah. like Mike, I had to tell him to don't step over a log until you know where you're putting your foot. Right. Um, and he went, what? I went, there's snakes out here. But tell you the truth, I haven't seen that many when we're and we, you know, we're going in some really creepy places, especially this this past weekend. It, it was it was pretty bad. And I've been in two feet of water in swamp, you know, half mile out, which is far enough. Um, and you can't see those cypress knees underwater. You can trip and stumble. There's logs and down trees. There's everything under there. And not to mention, you're walking through two feet of grass. So not only are you walking through water you're walking through grass that's literally making the water almost like a pancake batter as you walk through it. But I've never worried about snakes. I've never worried about alligators, but man, if a spider gets on me, I turn into like, I'm jumping, I'm walking on water. Screaming I'm, like Michael Jackson. Oh my gosh. I do not like spiders. So yeah, I think somebody <laughs> has video of me hitting a spider web and it, let's just, <laughs> let's just say I, uh, I wasn't very manly at that point. <laughs> I do not like spiders, but alligators I'm fine with. Nice. They're just not a looking thing. dogs, right? Is that what you're going to try to tell me? <laughs> no, I West, Western New York Bigfoot Research Organization said gators taste good. They do. So I, so I hear that. I haven't had it. but I actually had Cajun blackened gator when I was down in New Orleans years ago. And Chris is laughing. Like, uh, Chris is yeah. a very picky eater. Well, I'm sorry, man. I was just, for a moment there, I was taken back to a Samuel L. Jackson moment in a movie when he, he told someone, he told, uh, let's see, John Travolta, he said, yes. sewer rat may taste like pumpkin pie, but I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say it that way exactly, but, you know, you get the gist. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it. <laughs> So uh, another, you know, I don't want to eat snakes either. You know. Yeah. So as we continue our our our, our trip down your, uh, your your you know, so you're you've been involved in this what a couple of years now, um, which is 
Only uh, yeah, only only a couple of years. I did. I, I meant to look before we came on to see when my ver very first video was posted. I think my very first video was uh, up in North Georgia on the Georgia um, South Carolina line. It was a place called Black Rock Mountain State Park, and I went up there for two weeks and stayed up there um, in a trailer, uh, you know, in mm. a camp spot. But um, we're weekend warriors when it comes to the RV world. So I've never had two weeks to really, let's, let's just say I haven't experienced everyone pulling out on Sunday and waking up Monday or going to bed Sunday night and no one being in the campground. It's like, I'm like, where did everyone go? And here I am on the top of Black Rock Mountain and the fog rolls in and I take my dog outside so she can go outside and she starts like staring over at the same spot all the time. And after a while, I just snatched her up and went inside. And shut the door. <laughs> this is creepy. It was really creepy. And uh, I don't know if anyone's been to Black Rock Mountain State Park, but it's not only creepy pulling a trailer up there. Um, yeah, when I was up there, it took me about four days to get my uh, blood back into my knuckles from driving <laughs> up there because I was pulling an airstream. And I was really, really nervous. And the roads like really thin. And so if you put one tire off the road at any point on the climb, which is about three miles, maybe four, um, you're in a ditch like four feet deep and your axles on the ground. Mm. It's that crazy. There's no guardrail or anything. So, uh, yeah, it was a little nerve wracking. So, but it's a great place. I do want to go back there again. Like I said, it was my first time out. I didn't do much. I was solo. Um, my wife was down the mountain, at, you know, down in the prairie at an artist in residence program. So I had two weeks to myself and uh, I do want to go back. I think there's a lot of activity there from what I remember and experience, you know, to the point where you walk out behind the trailer and, um, and I'm kind of into the forest language element into the structures and breaks and stuff. I, I do pay attention to that. I pay attention to everything all the channels are saying and I try to make sense of it. And, and before I throw stuff out, but in this one particular place, I walked out. There's a trail behind the trailer, a break, totally blocked, totally blocked. You can't even go around it. It was that block. It drops elevation like 40 feet, trail going out, blocked. Drops down again, trail going out. So steep, I did not go down it. I walk back up to the second one. I walk up to the blockade. I throw a whistle and something thrown at me immediately. It's like whistle, crash. And I went, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll just keep moseying back to my trailer. Yeah. Wow. Um, it could have been a pine cone. I, I mean, I don't know. But um, again, I was solo and I was just kind of like, oh, let's see what happens, you know, sort of thing. Kind of like spoofing yeah. myself, making fun of it. And uh, I immediately started seeing seeing things. Once I started remembering what channels were seeing, I started seeing it. And then I kind of got the bug. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm progressing at a fast rate. Uh, like I said, I'm new at it. So I'm, I'm taking information in fast. I feel like I'm a sponge and um, trying to keep it real, trying to do the right thing, um, bringing my photojournalism to it. Because if I go back at a TV station and say, hey, I'm going out looking for Bigfoot, it's bad enough. So, well, that's, I, that's well, right now they're all fascinated with the UFO thing going on or the UAP <laughs> thing going on. Well, yeah. and, that, and that's something to note, you know, that's just coming out as, hey, hey, we're admitting this stuff now. So, you know, yeah. one day. About that, right. <laughs> For years, we were all lied to. And now they're saying, oh, okay, well, there is actually something happening. 
but you know, we don't know if it's otherworldly. That's true. Maybe they don't know. Okay. I, I could agree with that, but at least something is coming out that, uh, yeah, they're, you're, they're you're admitting that me. something's happening. You're yeah. telling me the Chinese or the Russians develop something like that. Well, you know, okay. I'm sorry. Skeptical. Uh, okay. I'm a little skeptical <laughs> of that. Let's hope not. Uh, I, I don't think they've got the technology to do stuff that those things are doing, but oh, wait something a minute. out wait, there doing that. You, you know, can't there's... say that. I mean, we're getting banks shut down daily. We're getting grocery yeah. stores, meat plants. I mean, yeah, power those are grids. hackers. Those oh. are hackers. Mm. We could do the same thing to them, and we've done the same thing to other countries before. That Using they're... software made by who, though? Oh, by the Russians and the Chinese, absolutely. But what I'm saying is the development of, you know, hypersonic, well, you know, yeah, aircraft that can defy, uh, I don't, the, I'm not the, buying The deal, you know, that. okay, hacking and stuff, okay, we can do that, okay. But, you know, to make a, a something that can go from here uh, to 15 miles away in a second, no, we, we can't do that. Yeah, uh, it, there's something going on there that's that's a little yeah. different from the physics we know about. Right. <laughs> right. And, and you know, uh, Steve, uh, Steve just put the Congress required them to present declassified information, not to classify new information. This is not likely what what you want it to be. Uh, no, I, I I don't want it to be anything other than the fact that they're saying, hey, th these things are out there. We don't know what it is. That's fine for me because now they're admitting at least. <laughs> You know that yes. hey, they're out there. So if you see something going, you you know, hey, that guess is what? better. That yeah. is much better, in my opinion. That is much better than them telling us no. Oh, I'm sorry, you saw swamp gas. You didn't see any. Oh yeah, it was light refracting off <laughs> Venus, and uh, no, yeah. So at yeah. least they're admitting it. You know, whatever it is, and who knows? You know, I've seen stuff that wasn't exactly right, but. It could be a natural phenomenon. That, that, was, you know? that was a natural phenomenon, a methane release over could the be. stadium that was having the taco festival in the bean, baked bean contest. Swamp oh, yeah. gas, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's swamp ass. I, I apologize. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. We got off on, we got off on UFOs. But, uh, well, yeah, that, that's something that struck me, though, when, when that story was leaked. That right, the right, government's right. going to start admitting, and, you know, okay, yeah. there's something going on. They, they ain't going to admit it's an as aliens or or anything for that matter. They're just going to no. say could be this, could be that, could be this. We're not right. sure what it is. Have a nice yeah. day. You yeah. know, no, you, you know, no story is really leaked, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason for that. So. Well, in the case of the uh, the uh, those uh, Pentagon videos that were released of the Nimitz, they were legitimately leaked because. The guy who was on the committee quit and took the videos <laughs> with him and gave yeah. them to the New York Times. So, so that's because he was he it. was pissed that they were not. Um, they were kind of like it's there, but they you know they were all part timers and they they were just throwing in their their two cents and really there was no um, how should you say it? There was no like really <laughs> good think committee out of the whole thing, and now there is because. You know, a, a, it, it was demanded by Congress. So, hmm. okay, yeah. the chat is hopping on UFOs now. Oh yeah, sorry guys. You know, every once in a while you get on a hot button topic, and there goes the chat. Well, you know that, that's the yeah. thing. Okay, everybody uh, that 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 is is in cryptozoology 
and uh, they're they're interested in the unknown. Okay, everybody. So right. it doesn't everybody, matter if it's Bigfoot, uh, Loch Ness monster, paranormal, UFOs, paranormal. whatever, paranormal. Everybody's interested in the unknown, Thanks. and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Nope. We learn by asking questions. And you know, admitting that we don't know, we don't know and, what it is. And some <laughs> learn by having bad experiences. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. man, enough of those. So, uh, so Matt, um, how have you found? And this is a question, and probably a question you're not expecting. Um, but how have you found the Bigfoot community's reception to your stuff? To you, uh, do you find it a, a very in welcoming environment or do you find it uh, i can i can ask uh, how has the bigfoot community re, um reception to you being a detective it's probably the same same path we're on um because i am speaking raising the game and and using quality gear and at least knowing what you you know if you have an iphone that's fine um just know how to use it if you want to up the game a little bit, buy a $125 gimbal to go with it. So I just give people ideas on um, what they can do to improve what we're seeing out there because I'm really um, tired of, you know, when I jumped in this, I went, you know, I started, you know, I remember the Patterson Gimlin. I remember all this stuff and, and I'm looking and it's like, wow, in 60 years, 50 years, whatever it is, we got nothing. You know, there's, there's a few things and what I've seen, I haven't really swallowed as being legit, and the and the films I think are good are are pro, you know who knows they've probably already been debunked, but um, I think it's some of the better stuff. Which is, um, I like the Lettuce Lake, right here in Tampa. I like the Lettuce Lake um, Park Bigfoot. I remember uh, um, Sasquatch Florida did a um, Tim Fasano did a breakdown of it. He didn't really debunk it. Um, Bigfoot Tony did a breakdown of it. He didn't debunk it. Um, and it's the one of the swamp ape coming around a tree and it looks like he's holding a, a snake and he's slinging it. And it was shot from a guy in a canoe. I think that's... Oh, some, yeah, 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 yeah. In think, fact... I, I think the, that's some of the better footage out there. Now, if the you lettuce lake, know, we, we actually looked at the Lettuce Lake one last week, or part of it. What did you think? I thought, well, the videos we looked at last week are, are the ones that were what I considered most of them were believable. Uh, there was the yeah. Mississippi Skunk Ape video, which we completely I, tore, uh, tore down. But that was the, a good one. Yeah, I did see that one. Yeah, and and you, yeah, I do remember you talking about the Lettuce Lake one too. Mm -hmm. And uh, and there's a lot of it, you have to look for the original footage. Um, when I first saw it, I saw a cropped footage. It wasn't stabilized. And then the more research I did, I found the crop footage that was stabilized. And then about a year later, I found the original footage full frame because the, what bothered me about the film is how close the guy was. And the fact that this creature acted like it couldn't hear him clunking on the canoe because the oars just clunk, 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 you know, there's all this stuff right. going on. And I went, well, that's a little weird that, I mean, you know, they can't hear that, you know, but then when I saw the full frame video, it was much, much farther back than you were led to believe in the close up video that you showed. That was actually like me using the magnification bubble on my stuff. Um, that was cropped in probably easily, um, you know, 50% more. I mean, it was like a 200%, you know, enlargement of it. But, you know, that 
if he had had your camera equipment that day, Matt, the mystery would have been solved. Uh, it would have know, been a done deal. And we would have known, right? <laughs> and that's what I'm I'm seeing in a lot of stuff is that I get frustrated that um, other than the road crossings and the <laughs> the, the total happenstance um, right. situations, yeah, you can't predict that. But people who are going out looking and researching and coming back with nothing when they do see it, where they lay eyes on it and get nothing, right. that just frustrated the heck out of me. And that's why I jumped in the game because I went, wow. So there, let me get this right. There's no professional photographers looking for Bigfoot that I've seen. There's right. professional filmmakers making films, but I... And and I like those guys, and I've I've been on shows where I've uh, been a co-host and interviewed these uh, some of the people I'm talking about, but they're not really out there looking for Bigfoot. I, I'm approaching in a totally different way. I mean, my camera is at the wood line, a hundred percent. Ask anybody I go out with. I it's not, a lot of times if I'm having a conversation and we're you know looking at a tree structure four feet ahead of us, um, I ran into it today finishing up the video. I'm getting ready to release in a day or two after Mike approves it, but my camera is facing out. And so I added this little toy. I'm going to put a, you know, a little GoPro um, body cam on because I had to go to uh, Tim T's footage of the body cam because I actually missed it because I don't shoot face-to-face -face conversations like that. I always keep my camera on my six. I drop it over my shoulder. I bring it out, you know, at my three o'clock, nine o'clock position. And I'm constantly zoomed in about 200 yards because I have caught movement in the area where we look um, when I was zoomed out and we caught this thing, this blur of a head like thing going by um, five, six feet off the ground, it appeared and it was moving super fast and we did not see it when we were there, nor did we hear it, but my camera picked it up. Um, and that's oh, wow. usually how it happens. A lot of times that people, who watch for timestamps will point out something to me. And 99% of the time it's nothing. And this time the person I went out with, which Tim T called me up and said, or shot me a text and said, Hey, look at your video at, you know, 1952 or something. And I did. And I, you know, literally did a double take because, um, it was fast. I mean, what we captured was fast. Is that what most people refer to as a rod, a really fast image on uh, caught on film? Like a this, light? No, this wasn't a light. This was a solid mass um, that, you know, basically looked. It was not a perfect basketball. It looked like, it looked like a head going by. You know, it, it to me. And somebody commented that, oh, that's a bird. And uh, in the film, I'm getting ready to release. I go back to that because that's the place where we took Mike. And um, as I'm walking up in the film, I said, um, I'm whispering. I said, we caught movement here. And then I show the clip and I went, we call it movement here. And I show the clip and I show it three times and then I show it at half speed. And then I show it at 25, you know, 75% slower. And then I show it in black and white and boom, 10 minutes after that catch, I, I put my camera down. Tim had just did a fake deer call where he took one of these deer call devices and flipped it. Yeah. I didn't hear him say, I'm getting ready to make a deer call. <laughs> And I about came, I about came out of my shoes. I wasn't oh, ready no. for it. And I, I grabbed my camera and jumped up where my camera was down at that point, and it was down right at the swamp. And right where at, at the swamp behind a tree, there's a tree right here, and there I see this eye just like this. Hmm. And it's just it to me, it looks like a cat, 
Um, to other people, they say it's a juvenile squatch. Um, I see red, brown hair. Other people see gray. So I don't know what it is, but it is an animal. It is looking right at us. And no matter what it is, it's a great catch. Um, and I wouldn't have caught it if I wasn't using my camera. So to answer the question in a long, long way, I, I got frustrated with what I'm seeing in the Bigfoot community of, you know, people want, I want to go Bigfooting. I want to go out in the woods. I want to have this experience. I love a good mystery. I want to be the guy that gets the next footage. Um, that's my goal. I mean, I'm, I'm tunnel visioned into the next footage. Um, don't know. It's, it's, it has nothing to do with money. It's probably more about the challenge and the ego of thinking I can get it and I have the equipment to get it. I had complete professional gear. I had a Sony A system, prime lenses, a whole bit. And literally a year ago, just walked up to Colonial Photo in Lakeland or uh, Orlando. I had to drive all the way to Orlando. I took two bags of equipment and shoved it across the counter. And he goes, what are you doing? I went, I want to get rid of it. I pushed it to him. I went, what will you give me for it? And I didn't want to negotiate. I didn't want to, he goes, okay, I'll give you X. And I said, okay. He goes, what do you want? I said, a Panasonic Lumix FZ2500. And he goes, what? You're trading in a Sony system for a, a Lumix? And I said, yep. And I haven't turned back. It's been the best decision I've made in my life. It is the yeah. best camera for being in the woods. Yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree it. with that. I've, I've had Sonys in the past. And uh, I, I have a Sony now, and it doesn't do what it says it's supposed to do half nope. the time. Nope. And I've that, got one. I got. Well, I remember that, Steve. I bought that Handycam, yeah. supposed to be uh, 1080 HD. Yeah. Yeah. My well, eye. I bought a 4K one. I was supposed to be able to stream with it. Yeah. And won't even won't even interface with the computer. So uh, so yeah, it's uh, definitely. Uh, and I, I had another Sony camera that all of a sudden they said, well, we're not updating the software anymore. <laughs> and so you're stuck with it. Hmm. That's nice of them. Yeah. Appreciate in, that, that. in fact, if you needed software to replace, you couldn't find it unless you kept it yourself. Well, yeah. So. <laughs> you know, I bought mine, my Sony Handycam in 2010. You know why. Okay. <laughs> and uh, never got any good use out of it. Terrible. Well, I tell, I tell you, my, my camera goes from like, I think a 28 millimeter to a 460. Yeah. I, I know you, you got some serious zoom on there. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, and there's no, there's no changing lenses. It's a fixed lens. It's, it's on the camera. It's never coming off. Um, so it, I just don't want to be out there changing lenses. Yeah. You know, we do have a question. What's the frame rate of your camera? I know it's analyzing videos that even when I know the, FPS, the creature move. Sometimes it's so fast that maybe in one in four image images are clearish. Yeah, well, I mean, video, when you're shooting video, you either got 30 frames a second or 60 frames a second. I'm not shooting 60 frames a second, nor am I shooting 4K. And a lot of people who aren't into photography don't realize this. I shoot, my, uh, my main business was shooting with these things. These are plastic toy cameras from the 70s. They're the plastic toy Diana camera that shoots 120 film. This is the best way I can break this down. This shoots 120 size film. The film on it is literally the, the width of the back. That's how wide the film is, from the blue line to the back, right? Yeah. That's a big chunk of film. Think of that as a sensor, the modern-day digital sensor, right? 
So I got a big sensor, right? Does that mean that because I'm shooting two and a quarter film that this camera is going to shoot better than a 35 millimeter camera? So what makes that good? You know, what makes the camera image sharp? It's the lens. This lens, this lens is a plastic lens. So I don't care if this is a 4K back on it. It's a plastic lens. I don't care if you're shooting 720 or 4K. It's a plastic lens. Mm -hmm. And people need to realize and, and realize it's more about, yes, it is sensor. It is pixels because of the black. You want your D-Max. You want to make sure you can, you can pull up those shadows. You know, if something's in the shadows, we believe this thing to be in the shadows. Yeah, you want a camera or a sensor that can handle that. Um, but it's not, has, it doesn't have anything to do with shooting 4k. So that kind of stuff just drives me crazy when I hear, oh, well, you know, you're shooting 4k with your Lumix. What's your frame rate? Well, my frame rate's 30 frames a second. Um, I'm shooting MPEG-4 files and I'm zoomed in at 200 to 500 millimeters stabilized on a gimbal. I could shoot that camera at 720p stabilized on a gimbal and i'm gonna out shoot anyone else with an with a 1080p iphone or anything else it has to do with the lens it has to do with your zoom you know how far your zooms out there mm. and that's another thing i talk about is what are gopros made to do look at all the advertisements for gopros what what are you supposed to do with a gopro what is it intended to be used for it's intended to be on the used of a skateboard looking back at the skateboard it's on a a wind sail, you know, a windsurfer yeah. looking back, right? It's on a hang glider. Where's the camera? Looking back or out. Yeah, I can see the curvature of the earth. Those are cool too. But it's not for shooting people in the woods. Right. You know, so think about a camera at like a computer. Um, if you're a writer, you only need an iPad and a keyboard. If you're a photographer, you only need a, a terabyte and, and just a decent computer that will handle Photoshop, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm doing video. I need six core processor. I need the best speed I can get out of it. So it all depends on what you're trying to shoot. And I'm just amazed that there's so many of us and there's so many Sasquatch team, Bigfoot team, Skunk Ape teams out there that don't consider what they're using and what their end result's gonna be if they do see something. And I don't wanna be wasting my time. So I'm going out there to get the footage. And ask anybody that goes with me, you can even ask Mike, we're in a group, the group, the group comes together, we're discussing something, I start backing away and I walk off and I'm watching everything around to see if anybody's watching us talking. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that is my focus. I am 100%, I'm a, I'm a Doberman pincher watching the gate. That's smart. And yep. that's how, and that's how I do it. So it's a matter of <laughs> uh, Mike just said gimbal. <laughs> We're supposed to drink every time I say gimbal. So that's what, you know, I, I hope, and I say this, Steve, I say, I say, and I don't know a lot of the people in your chat, but I, I, I probably come off like a detective comes off and breaking down videos and people get angry at you. And people are probably getting angry at me, hearing me preach camera quality and gimbals and stabilization and that sort of thing. Drink, but um, it's important, 
and and if you're going to do any good and we're going to move this whole organization forward then that's what we need to do so yeah. i'm probably ruffling feathers but believe me they don't see what i do behind the scenes and behind the scenes i got people buying my system and i'm not making any money on it i'm not selling lumixes um they're buying the system and i'm doing one-on-one -on -one video chats with them and i'm bringing them up to speed i have at least 10 researchers that have moved to gimbals and they're doing a lot better and i go back and look at their channels and i give them an attaboy like there you go can you not see how much better you know boots on the ground with barb and mike even used a gimbal on an investigation the other night going upstairs makes all the difference in the world people i mean i had a deer jump on me yeah, I don't use an iPhone at all anymore because the one big video I have on YouTube that has 12,000 views was shot with an iPhone and all hell broke loose. And I was on an iPhone. And I think if I was on my Lumix, it would have been a different story. Um, I did get flustered. I did back away. I did do the quintessential, oh, camera off. I'm getting the heck out of here. Um, about 400 yards, I went, stop. I got a Lumix on my shoulder. I got to stop and do some long zooms. And I also, I'm carrying a trail cam and I was booking it. And then I stopped and I went back in and started doing long zooms. And that's where I caught this head thing. It, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm showing it to Steve. I'm, I'm showing it to, I, I tried to show it to some people. I can't debunk it. And I'm pretty good with debunking stuff myself. And there's a couple images that I have that, um, it's a, you know, that's a little worrisome, but it's also encouraging because I feel like I'm getting close and I'm getting close really fast. I mean, I've only been at this two years. So, yeah. um, um, here, well, uh, I'm not here to mess around. <laughs> there is a, a question, Matt, uh, Matt, how about some classes? And that's a great idea. Would you ever think about maybe doing a YouTube class or two, uh, showing your setup and, uh, yeah. first Sasquatch researchers? Yeah, I did do um, a bit on the gimbal um, because I knew that the one or two people, one definitely bought the system and one's kind of on hold. Um, so I did my gimbal setup and it's already on my channel. Um, I do teach iPhone classes. I teach, you know, I had a whole website at one time with which I call iPhoneography. So it was all landscape shot on an iPhone. And I am traditionally a landscape photographer. Um, I do fine art and I do have some works in a couple of museums. I have works in permanent collections. I have works in law firms downtown. Um, University of South Florida owns my work. Um, so I do have actual fine art pieces out there. So, so I teach iPhone classes. My wife teaches, um, I also do wet plate collodion. Um, you know, Matthew Brady, the Civil War, the, the whole. Yep. You know, clodion onto a plate and you sensitize it and you put it in a camera and you do the long, you know, you pull off the lens cap, you two minutes back on or 20 seconds, depending on your f-stop. Um, so I do all that. So we do teach. Um, we have an Airstream and it's box photos is what we call it. B-O-X-F-O-T-O-S, box photos. And we're on Facebook and Instagram. And before COVID hit, we do also teach. So I do a lot behind the scenes for the for the um, Sasquatch teams that are caught reaching out to me and saying, hey, you know, what should I buy or what do you think about this rig? And and I do a lot of help. So even though I'm kind of griping and sounding like a jerk sometimes about it, I'm 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 doing a lot more behind the scenes that people don't see. Gimbal's going off on a tear here. 
Does Steve have a gimbal? If he doesn't, he should get one. The more sales, the more produced I am. <laughs> I I just started putting I just started Steve putting links into from Amazon Prime into a couple of my videos too. And the one camera I did sell, the bot the the gentleman did um uh click on the link and he was nice. And I told him, I said, Hey, if you buy it through my links, you know, I get like four percent here or something, whatever yeah. it is. So I think I made fifty six dollars and um and my whole YouTube so far has grossed, I think, $28.42. And you don't get any of that until you reach 100 bucks, right? Yeah. Yep. yep so yep. I, I'm not even sure if I even want to be monetized. I may just turn it off. It's, it's more, I feel like they're getting more from me than I'm getting from them. Just a fact. Facts. Yeah. Facts. That's a fact. Yeah. So that's another announcement I was going to make. I, I might be taking the ads off my YouTube channel, but. Yeah, a gimbal stock going up tomorrow. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Well, I'm gonna have to get over there and watch uh, the video. You've got a video on the the gimbal on your no, channel, Matt. No, but uh, I shoot with it all the time. So all you have to do is, um, you know, like I said, I'll have a video oh. up in, in a day or yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, there's no question about the results. Uh, yeah. They're good. They're good. The the thing is, I can walk. Um, zoomed in at two, 300 millimeters. I and, saw that. Yeah. And I, I can shoot a, you know, I don't understand how there's channels out there saying this thing is 150 yards out and it stepped out. And this is my shot. Yeah. There, there's a headshot I was talking about around right the top of my, my channel there, uh, that image across the top. To me, that's a, a black face profile. Your cursor's on the nose. That's yep. an nostril. You got an eyeball go down to the right under the stick. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going down to the brow ridge, down to the nose, down nostrils. To, looks looks cheek like a bone. Cheek, yep, cheek and then bone, behind that twig, lips. Is the, and behind that, well, the white thing is part of the stick. That's not lips, but the ear is behind that twig that's falling yeah. down. That is to me, and if that's pareidolia, I've got the best pareidolia shot on the planet, other than the face of the man in the moon. But um, I can't debunk this one. Um, and the day that happened, I found a footprint. The day that happened, I had wood knocks. The day that happened, a tree fell over at zero degrees compass heading. The day that happened, I had three owls going off at 1.30 in the afternoon. Um, there was a lot of strangeness going on that day. And it all happened in like a 20-minute period. So that one kind of... Um, and was, so the video yeah. I have coming out in, an, uh, in about a week is us going back to this nest. I, I'm, I'm calling it a nest. I'm confidently calling it a nest. And yes, I could be wrong. Matt, um, was this the one where you were making the video when the tree fell yes. while you were there? Okay. Yeah. 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 I was shooting with an iPhone and then I, I boogied out of there and then I went, wait a minute, I'm here to shoot a Bigfoot. What am I doing? So I stopped. I put the iPhone on the gimbal down. And I brought up my Lumix handheld and I just started doing power zooms straight across the swamp and, you know, looking for something that would kind of, you know, be doing this, what you hear, you know, everybody right. says they hide behind trees, they're low to the ground. So I, I did about 15 minutes of power zooms and I saw what looked to be a stick structure and it was big. It was probably the size of the interior of a Volkswagen. Right. If you put a Volkswagen on this spot, that's the size of it. And right below the head, on the, I have a still frame on my Instagram. There's a, a blonde X right in front of it, if anyone who believes in the Xs. 
And right above that is a triangle, almost like a window. And I shot through a total black void. But on the video, on the raw video, when I pass it a couple times before I zoom in on it, you can see it before I even get in close. Um, before I do the bubble magnification is what I mean, because I'm at maximum zoom now. Now, my camera will go to 2,000 millimeter. I mean, I think it, 1,500 or something into a digital zoom. And I tell everybody, never, ever, ever take advantage when something says you have an extended zoom that's digital. That right. just means you have an extended blob squatch creator is what that says. Yeah. You know, if you read the manual, it says on the back, creates blob squatches anywhere you go. And that sort of thing. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I don't understand how someone can go. I go back to the, the lake at 150 yards. I have proof with my rig, with Mike standing right beside me, of me shooting across the lake at 150, 200 yards. And if something stepped out and saw us and stepped back in, I would be able to tell you what color hat they had on, what color their skin was, if they had a button-up shirt or a T-shirt, if they had pants or shorts on. My camera can define that. And I don't understand why we're doing it the way we're doing it in the Bigfoot world. Probably because of money. You know, I would think that's okay. probably. Okay. Then here's my challenge to that. Go buy your local newspaper. Go buy your local TV station. Find someone that knows one of the staffers and say, hey, we're going out this weekend to look for Bigfoot. You want to join us on a four-hour hike? And bring one of those guys on your team. They're going to go out the first time, and they're going to stumble around. They're going to figure it out. They're going to start watching videos. And then they're going to get hooked, and then they're going to come at it full face like I am. They're going to come at it full bore and realize, I got to change this. I got to change this. I got to change the way I think. I didn't even know what a bridge camera was three years ago. Never heard of a bridge camera because professionals don't use them. But Bigfoot researchers should be using them. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They well, are. uh, you know, I watched the video and uh, you know, I, I've looked at the still and I like it. I really do. Uh, but you know, you're gonna get asked the question, you know, uh, did you see any movement prior to making this video in that area? And if not, uh doesn't that lead that it could be pareidolia? Yeah, you know, where I stood. Now, no, don't get yeah. me wrong, man. I'm on your side, okay? No, no. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying those are the questions. Those are the tough questions that, that people are going to be asking. No, yeah, that, no, that's 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 actually not tough at all. That's a softball. Um, when I was down there in the tree fell, I I was doing a technique that I do a lot, and I'm yeah. I'm actually bringing it to the forefront in this video that I did with Mike and Tim T and Dave. Right. Is I do what I call a bluff. And I will be on a trail and I just with and I try to do it when I'm not thinking about it because people say, oh, they can read your mind. They know what you're doing before you do it. OK, whatever. B.S. I don't know. I don't know. I'm new. <laughs> so what I do is I'm walking down the trail. And as soon as I see an opening and as soon as my mind says I should go that way, right. I go Boop, and I start going that way, because if something's on your two or, you know, or two or 10 o'clock or three, you know, three, nine right. o'clock position, and you start going that way, I commit, I go, I'm going that way. I'm going, I'm coming this way. And I say it in my mind. And sometimes I'll say it out loud. I say, Hey, let's go out this way. 
you know, 50 yards. And I start walking with a purpose, only about 12 steps. So when I did that the day with my iPhone, I walked off the trail and was moving with a purpose in a tree falls, zero degrees compass setting right at me. Yeah. Do, do trees fall in the woods? Yes. Do they fall in a swamp? Heck yes. But um, unfortunately, I was on an iPhone, but it fell. I freaked out. I did the, I did the pull up and I got out of there. And um, when I went to do the long zooms 10 minutes later, I was up the trail about 10 minutes. Um, I was doing the long zooms and stepped over a footprint and I even looked down. I went, Oh, that looks like a footprint, but I wasn't into tracking then. I don't know anything about footprints until the last six months when I started going out with a tracker. So that's yeah. another thing I do. I'm telling you guys get a videographer, still a photographer on your, on your uh, squash team, Bigfoot mm -hmm. team, skunk ape team, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And what, do, what do I, what am I doing? I'm putting a tracker with me. You know, I'm looking for people like when I went through the NBA program, you find the best people. You need the guy who does math. You need the you need the person who does presentations. You need the person that can write. You need those skill sets. So put those skill sets around you. Um, Mike, you know, talking to Mike, um, he was talking about he works with scientists. And then he, that's when I heard about you, Steve, is, oh, we have a detective. And I went, oh, wow, that's cool. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, people say there's no experts in this field. Well, yeah, they, I think there are experts in the field on their craft, on what they're bringing to the field. Right. There may be no experts on Bigfoot, but if you want a chance to catch something and you're talking photographically, talk to it. You don't have to talk to me. Just talk to a photographer who's been doing it. Well, um, you know, and, and that seems to be a word everybody's, you know, hung up on the word expert. I hate that. And, and the thing is, is an expert is a, is a person, it's a frame of reference. For example, and I make this all the time, is that a plumber, if something breaks, if my toilet breaks, who's the expert I call? A plumber, right? He's an expert. He's dealt with toilets. He's worked with toilets. Okay? <laughs> so when a plumber goes to a plumbing convention, is he an expert? No. When he's, when he's surrounded by other experts? When he's well, surrounded he by other plumbers. No, yeah. he's not. Right. So to the general public, people who do long-term Bigfoot research have been out there for a while. Yeah, they look to us as the experts because we've heard the stories. We know the stories. We know, you know, we to them are the experts. It's just a frame of reference, and people get hung up with, with that term. I don't call myself an expert. Maybe other people call me an expert. I, I don't know. But amongst my colleagues here, I'm not an expert. I'm just a peer. And Can I say I, something? No. I don't claim to be an expert, but I do fix my own toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't claim to be an expert, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. You know, and uh, I, I don't even claim to be an expert when it comes to photography. I mean, the one thing about photojournalists and journalists and, and videographers in the news gathering business is that for the most part, we have to figure out how to make things look good with the least amount of equipment possible. We Amy can't. Goes, but you can study a toilet, feel a toilet, see a toilet. Well, you can study a Bigfoot. <laughs> you can you can definitely see a Bigfoot, but you can't use a Bigfoot. Well, I guess you could. I'm, I mean, Biscardi uses Bigfoot. Dyer used Bigfoot. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Hey, hey, Amy, nice to see you. I, I've reached out to Amy a couple times. So. I definitely uh, can use a toilet. 
<laughs> Not right now, but it's a crappy yeah. job, but somebody's got to do it, right? Hey, did, did you hear about the uh, about the uh, police station that had their toilet stolen? No. Yeah, the, the cops had nothing to go on. for that one, Steve. <laughs> that was terrible. <clears throat> that was terrible. That was terribly funny. Uh, well, you know, to me, Matt, you bring a lot to the game. You really do. Uh, you know, just I've watched the, the quality of some of your video work, and it's looking good, man. I can't think of anything. You know, uh, to me, you are the expert when it comes to getting the video because uh, <laughs> I, I saw you. I saw those shots, dude. I know you're walking along, and you know you've got this incredible zoom going in, going on, and you see the camera just barely moving up and down. If that had been me with my uh, with a zoomed in Sony, it would have been like this, you know. I mean, you know, you, you, uh, well, the Patterson well, Gimlin film all over, you know. <laughs> well, here's another little thing. Uh, you're talking about night vision when you opened your show with it. I bought the uh, the Bushnell Z2 1080p, mm -hmm. and so like I, you know, a photographer would do, I tested it um, in the backyard. And did some shots and went, oh, my gosh, this thing is really clear at 40 feet. <laughs> right. So then I take it out to the woods and, I, and I'm, I'm doing it on a um, – we did a five-mile night hike in Mayaka. So what I did, and you guys, little trick, you can put night vision on a gimbal. Huh. So I put it on a gimbal. So I left my Lumix at home because I'm at night. Lumix is, you know, with my sensor, I don't, it's not a fast lens. It doesn't do well at night. So there's other tools in your toolbox right. to use at night, which is I had the PK Scout, which is crap. Um, I wouldn't trust anything coming off a of Scout unless it was hor horizontal movement, like Stacy Brown's video, left to right, right to left, crossing, doing the whole bit, clear five second footage. That's the only thing I would believe off a of PT, PT Scout. Um, with that said, I put the night vision, the Bushnell Z2, on a gimbal, and I handheld it. Well, first I did a gimbal, and I did a pan at dusk. The quality was, I haven't seen anything. This was looking 100 yards on a gimbal, running it on my iPhone, doing a slow pan. And it's on it's on my channel, and it's, it's Mayaka Nightwalk or something. And that twilight video on the gimbal on a pan is like super sweet. Again, 150, 200 yards. There is no question what I'm looking at. It could be yeah. Steve walking out of the bush. It could be you walking out of the bush. Mm -hmm. And I would be able to tell which one of you walked out of the bush. Yeah. Okay. But it dramatically changed when I picked it up and was moving on the gimbal. It wasn't quite as good. And the, the uh, zoom in was just too much. It, it, it wasn't as wide a camera as I thought. It's a, right. it's a long throw camera, like you were saying at the opening. 150 yards is really what it's built for. Um, and then I handheld some. And, man, that's just – it dropped 50% quality. As soon as you put it in your hands and was doing the monocular thing, right? Um, it went down. I went, okay. So now I know how to use that tool. This is the way I think. The way to use that tool is to be – on an on a night position where you're positioned you're being still you got your tripod with you and you turn that thing on and you're running it and you're not moving it exactly or you put it on a gimbal and you slowly let it drift mm. 
And that is the way to use that tool. And so I just look at it differently. Um, but, but while I'm doing all of this and figuring out this a lot faster than most people, because I'm a photographer, I got to figure out what you guys know. I don't know how to evidence gather. I don't know. I didn't know if you put hair in a plastic bag or you a paper bag. I thought plastic would be fine. And then I read, like, no, no, it should be in paper, mm-hmm. plastic molds. And right. so I'm, I'm playing catch up on all the stuff you guys know. So I need an expert on that field. So, I, you know, that's why it was great going out with Mike and I, I got a tracker. So Mike was all more on the, the field research. I mean, he's like looking around and goes, anybody see a rock? And I went, man, this guy is whacked. What do you mean you see a rock? What's a rock going to do? You know, and I, I didn't realize what how what his thought process like was. Well, what would bring down this animal that we're standing over looking at this kill site? You know, is there anything on the ground that would have been used? Because we found this this deer skeleton that, you know, was either ripped apart or broken apart, but no tool marks and no bite marks. Right. And I would never notice. So my game has to totally change. And so that's why um, now, now, now my whole game in the last month, because of Mike, thank you, has totally changed because now I got other issues I have to worry about to do a good job. And I realized that maybe 15 seconds of video and the next you know, PG film isn't good enough. Maybe I need to have some other tools. And so that's where I'm at. I'm just a uh, screwed up researcher. I don't even call myself a researcher. I'm an explorer. You know, I'm a landscape photographer with an open mind and and uh, looking for Bigfoot. And I know what everybody says about Bigfoot. I know the stick structures probably better than anybody on what they look like. And I have my own theory on what I go by when I'm seeing breaks and bends. Like I will not um, give credence to one break or one bend. But if I see a break with a bend with an X and I start seeing things in groups of twos and threes, I start looking around. All I'm saying is I start looking around and I realize, okay, something's going on in this area. Now, 50 yards out, is there any breaks, bends? and and you know, My, my question to you is, are you looking down as well? I am now, but I wasn't then. Yeah, so now I know. Yeah, yeah you got to look I down know. for that brush movement, for that, that yes. track. That, that trackway, even though there may not be, you know, foot tracks, there may be a trackway that's yeah. available. No, I have... Um, like I said, I first person I grabbed was a tracker yeah. or he grabbed me. We met in chat and and Tim said, you want to go out? And I said, oh, yeah, I'll go out. And we were in the same area. He was like 50, 40, 50 miles from me. We hooked up. We've been out four or five times. And the video I got coming out tomorrow or the next day is titled Working Together is uh, three teams. Um, there's two members of ISRT and then Mike um, as, as himself and then me as Central Florida. Four guys going out working together and we all had different uh, strengths and we played to those strengths. And I think when people see the video, they're going to realize that, you know, it's like watching paint dry. It really is. It's not the most exciting video. I mean, we don't have a Bigfoot running in the video, but it shows how we think and it, and it takes you along on the journey of what it's like to be in the field. And I think that's pretty cool. And I'm not seeing that from anybody. I'm seeing people going out and the first with, you know minute of their video, not that it's the first minute of them going out, but that within the first minute, they're having an encounter right away. Um, and <laughs> I, I haven't been so lucky yeah. yet. I, I, guess yeah. I'm, I guess I'm kryptonite or something. Those guys that uh, go out every day and post a new video every day. Uh, hmm. 
Boy, that's, yeah. that's really lucky. That'd be like winning the lottery every day for a year. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, you know, just trying to figure it out. Kind of questionable, you know. Yep. But uh, um, you know, that's just a that's a fact of life, though, Matt. You know, you go out. Okay, you might have uh, uh, some activity. You might even have a sighting, and then ten years later, you're still looking else. for the second one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Or you might go out and never have a yeah. sighting. You know, I don't think uh, Grover Krantz, I think he went to his grave. He never saw one. Nope. But uh, he was convinced. None, none, none of the, the four horsemen right. claimed right. to have seen, seen one. Uh, he was convinced, uh, you know, and desperate. Uh, you know, I had read, I don't know how true it was, but I had read reports that Krantz went out driving late at night on logging roads with a high-powered rifle hoping to find one to shoot, you know, to bring in a tight specimen. And, you know, that, yeah. that's desperation, you know, desperate to prove it. And, and, he probably, and he probably would have been better off taking a lounge chair and just sitting on that road and walking about four miles away from the Jeep probably. and sitting there. Yeah. And see, and I'm a believer of that. Why isn't, and I just did a test over, I did a couple tests over the weekend or the last two weeks. And one was a static camera test. So when we go back into the nest, I set up my my secondary lumens and just let it run for an hour and a half. So it shows us going in, you know, 20, 30 yards apart. There's six, six of us go into this area. Right. I didn't expect too much, but I hadn't been back there in six months. So I thought, if anything, maybe we'll trap something, catch something, and they'll, they'll move and we'll, we'll capture it. We had everything running in, in the playbook. Um, but it's bone dry in Florida now. We're in a drought. I mean, it was crispy, bone dry. It was two feet of water when I was there before. And it was the even the creek bed feeding the river. The creek was dry. And I couldn't even cross the creek that day. Um, that's how dry it was. So we all pushed in. But after we pushed in, we went around the nest and pushed out about a half mile. I left the camera running at our start location and just ran for an hour and a half. Just like a just a continuous video, yeah. and and I didn't know if the camera would actually run two hours. And I got back, and the Lumets had it's a two hundred dollar camera. Okay, so everybody says, well, they can't do quality work because um, they can afford an iPhone over a thousand dollars, but you can't afford a two hundred dollar Lumets FZ eighty. It's an easy camera to get. So I put that on sticks or tripod, and I let it roll for two hours. That was a good experiment because. Um, well, several things. I, I liked hearing the audio when we pushed in of the animals, and I liked hearing it as we moved away and what was happening to the animals, whether or not it went quiet, whether or not it, you know the, the forest noise raised and lowered, and right. then whether or not anything would stand up and come out behind us. So there's a lot of things I was playing with in that video. Uh, thinking like that, Matt, I think it's very smart. Uh, very, very smart. You know, you, you, you're doing... Uh, you know, double pat on the back. That, that's smart. Uh, I like that. I expected uh, to be crucified over that. I really oh, did. Dude, I thought, no, 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 no. I thought this audience. Leaving well, the camera and walking away and then going back later, pick up the camera. Okay, what happened while I was gone? That, that That's genius. There, there's nothing wrong well, with that. Well, it's an hour and 38 minutes of watching paint dry. But what was cool, <laughs> now here's what was cool. When I did, I also did, I ran an iPhone Facebook Live. Yeah, so that's my camera. That's uh, well, that's actually the FZ80 there. So that's the one I left running because I know that because it's not a uh, Leica lens. My FZ2500 has a Leica lens on it. But this camera, guys, it's a thousand millimeter. So if you want to shoot across a lake at 300 yards, there, there's your camera. 
you know, take a director's chair, a lounge chair, get yourself a $50 tripod. Um, it's got a, a monitor on the back that you can leave on or you can turn it off if you want to be in total darkness. And, and um, well, it's not a really a good dark camera. I mean, but if you want to be at dusk to sunset, it's a good right. camera. Um, and then after that, you need to go to night vision. And I do agree with Squatch Talk. I, I, I'm finding the night vision is going to be... Um, I will probably catch something on my night vision because I know how to use that tool now. I, I, it's, it, I tell you guys, if you haven't seen the Mayaka video of that thing just working mm -hmm. as it drifts across the Mayaka forest at a couple hundred yards, it's freaking amazing. It really is. But that's a sweet little camera. You can buy it brand new for $300 or uh, $200 used. I bought mine used. And now we have the 2500 posted. And, that, and that's the 2500 <laughs> And I also did a video the other day just kind of messing with some people because um, people post uh, all the time about orbs and that sort of thing. And I haven't been blessed. I haven't seen an orb yet. Like I said, I'm new. I, you know, when I do, I'll probably, you know, cry and run away back to my car and speed down the road. Fine. I get it. But I, when someone started talking about orbs and cameras, I just remember two years ago, I was in the studio at the TV station and we do uh, lens flares all the time. You know, we mm -hmm. use them as transitions. You know, like here is you know so and so coming up next, and you got the whoosh, you got the noise, and then you got that lens flare flashlight going across the lens. So I put up a little minute and a half video of me shooting into a dark cloth with just a flashlight entering the lens, and I'm just literally holding it. I'm moving it over here, and there's colored lens flares, and then I come up here, and the lens flares go to white. Now they don't look like the perfect perfect orbs that people are saying. I get it. That's not what I was trying to show you. But what I was trying to show you that if I took that video on black felt with all these light smears and and wipes and stuff and laid that and layered it on a video, you wouldn't know the difference. And that would look more like an orb. So you just got to be careful on stuff like that. But my point was not that people would be faking it. My point was that if you're leaving a trail cam up and you got a sunrise and your camera is facing east or you got a sunset and your camera is facing west and that sun, all it has to do at that twilight hour is to hit that lens at a certain angle right. and you're gonna, it's going to generate lens flares. And guess what? If you're in Florida and it's uh, or orbs, um, if you're in Florida and you got mist on your camera and you'll see the lenses, they're mist up. And then as the sun comes up, the, the, the fog just off the lens just fades yeah. away. Yeah. Um, as that's happening, you're going to see light reflection. You're going to see all of that stuff. So I, I don't, I'm not into that yet. Now, when I see one with my human eyes, as opposed to what's coming out on film and what's refracting within inside the lens, um, that's going to be a different story. And as soon as I posted that, one of my good friends from grad school goes, Matt, uh, uh, spirit orbs are different. You know, they're, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I have not seen a spirit orb yet, but uh, I just wanted to show people that not all orbs are orbs. It could be the sun, the moon. A full moon will do that. Yeah. Yep. And if your lens is dirty, and I never even said this thing, and no one's caught it, but if you go back and look at that little video I posted of, of making orbs and lens flares, in the upper left-hand corner when the flashlight goes across, there's a Sasquatch face in it. It's a dirty lens. It's it's a filter on my lens. It actually it looks like a face. It's funny. I went, oh my god, 
people are going to go crazy over this, but no one, no one's caught it yet. So as now, can I put you on the spot about a picture? Yeah. As it's, pro a, it's probably one of my earlier ones. If you're no, no, not one of yours at all. Oh, okay. Okay. You know which one I'm going to put up? No, I don't. But no, I'm asking Chris, mm. our buddy from the North. Do you intrinsically see a problem with this picture? <laughs> Okay, I do not know the history of Todd standing. Right. I I have not researched this photo. I have not researched everything. I have seen clips of him in a ghillie suit in the field. And all I have to say on it is his technique is spot on. The concealment, the laying still for three, four hours, all of that stuff that I've heard is spot on. Now, I have also seen the Photoshop images of different person's face that lines into that perfectly and i think tell you the truth that's paul mccartney <laughs> well, see how i brought all that back <laughs> but what, what, as, what I as a camera expert though go ahead steve yeah <laughs> as an investigator and looking at like i've also analyzed pictures for years and the first thing that popped off to me was this seems very very in focus and this seems very very in focus yeah. And that doesn't make sense to me. But when I pull up an ELA test on it, which I'm trying to find the ELA test. Actually, on the, actually the face doesn't really look tic-tac focused to me right. like that, that twig. Right. It's, it's a little different. Oh. Um, but. Um, but when I pull up an ELA test of it. And watch everything collapse. There we go. Boom. Right. You know, it definitely is showing that this is a layered image. Yeah. Well, around the head, too. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, so lighting, let's just talk about lighting. What would sure. happen to a camera in that shot, in that particular shot? So it'd be interesting to know, did anybody ever get a frame or a raw metadata from that yes i did now let me see okay now the big question is was it shot on auto or manual because that's the tell right there we're gonna if that was shot on um auto i think we're gonna lose all our pictures here in a second <laughs> like we do every week yep we sure did and here, here's why i say that if that was shot on auto with that light background the camera would have closed down um you know what i'm saying because it was the shot on manual it was shot on manual okay well that's that's actually um a plus in in the image favor focal length 126 millimeter that's really close yeah 126 is 126 is what you shoot a headshot at 12 feet away in a studio okay right exactly so and that that's something i found out and I'm so that image cannot be full frame i can tell you that 100 percent. right um trying to think what else we have yeah. here photographers shoot studio portraits with a 105. right uh see if we have any other information that uh, i know i have like the shutter speed value five to one um 
morning focal time uh i have the iso speed somewhere uh, i'm not quite sure which readout that is but um you know uh yeah but that, that, that to me was uh i know i wish i could find uh hang on folks i'm having a little difficulty now my picture uh generator has collapsed let me get that back up. Let me, uh, Chris, talk. I'm going to go uh, try to well, find this. this yeah, thing. Some people see different me. things. And, and you know, you can either like a, you can like a picture or not. And that's basically all. Unless you were there, you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, but what, the reason why I said that, the image has to be shot in manual because the background is so blown out oh. uh, to, in relation to the face. Right. Um, that... You would have had to be on manual and spot meter to really pull that off. So that's some pretty good photo skills right there. But if that's a full frame image, um, you know, you're within spitting dis distance. Right. Well, that's uh, here's the thing. Uh, that picture was posted on the Calgary Sun's webpage. Uh, when I downloaded it, it was the raw image. <laughs> It was the raw image, and that's why it gave up the metadata. It was not processed. Yep. Um, that's really weird because newspapers. Um, mind you, this is a newspaper from about nine, ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. When uh, you know pictures weren't being as processed as they are today, and it was probably yeah. the only time I've ever seen that. But there was a picture with all its metadata. Yeah. If I pull a picture off a, a website, and it was off a, a website. Uh, but if so, it was like almost they got emailed the picture and they just put the whole picture right it, into the website. That's it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Wow. This, this this deal was probably done by email. Hey, can you put here's a picture, here's a photo, you know? Okay, there it is. Instead of cop, copying it, it just how, how big was the file? I mean, was it because uh, I, I tell you, standard for newspaper work is you crop it, you, any photo that comes in, you crop it eight by 10, 200 DPI, and throw it in the system. Right, um, and, and I, you're you're allowed I, to do a basic curve adjustment. That's it. That's all you're allowed to do. I wish I knew, but my files. Uh, trying to get this information and run a show at the same time is yeah. really difficult. Yeah, hey, I've been there, done that. Yeah, well, <laughs> you well, look a lot better than me. Steve well, is uh, rubbing his tummy and patting his head at the same time. And right, and, not, and you got to understand, walking. I have, I have twenty, oh. twenty-two years of investigative files in this computer. And uh, I have 16 years of Todd standing stuff. Okay. So it's a little. Uh, oh, John Swan in the chat's killing me. <laughs> yeah, John said Dyer shoots through a Snapple bottle. <laughs> well, that would be Biscardi. Uh, oh, that's terrible, John. Woo. <laughs> oh, I thought that was Snappy bottle, but it is an L. I can't see my. I need a bigger screen. I need what you guys have. <laughs> I need the war room. Is my wife watching? Hey, I need a bigger screen. <laughs> but uh, what I'm going to do is uh, carry on, guys. I'm going to try to uh, run something <laughs> real fast. While... Well, uh, while you're when you're doing your research out there, Matt, in Central Florida, do you, you, you? I mean, you already told us you got a certain area you like to go to. Has there been a history of sightings in that area? I don't even look that stuff up. I really don't. Okay. Other than the USF, I, I know there's been 
um, a sighting out there. I've been told there was a class A sighting at another spot that I went with on a, with another team. Right. Um, uh, not again, I haven't been, I mean, most of the places I'm at is probably within two hours, hour drive time from the house. Right. You do not have to go far in Florida folks. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I live right by Raymond James stadium, the home of the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, um, <laughs> I get paid when I say that. No, just kidding. Yeah, my, Mike is saying, my, Mike is saying, pull the PowerPoint. Yep. Then I have to pull the PowerPoint and scroll to the. No, this is much easier. What I did was I took the picture and I ran it through Photo Forensics again, and this is the metadata for that picture. And um, if you look, the aperture was five six and the shutter speed was one thirtieth. Okay. <laughs> Why would you be shooting Sasquatch at one thirtieth of a second? Exactly. Okay. So, and this is what I, I was talking about with Steve the other night on my, my page. Okay. So I bought a Lumix. It's a bridge camera. The flaw with bridge cameras is that they're not, the lenses are not fast. It's a 4.5 to F6 floating. And the majority of the time you're shooting at like F16, F22, F32, you're in that range the whole time. It's not a fast lens. It's a daytime camera. I understand that. But that's when I'm going out with that sort of camera. I'm not going to be using a camcorder. Or I don't know anybody who is. Who's using a camcorder or DSLR, any type of digital at night, unless you you know, have a SWAT team and you're going, hit the lights, and everybody hits the lights on, you just start firing away on, you know, on auto. But um, – yeah, that's just that's just not right. But when you're using a fast lens, the lens has a lot of glass on the front. That's the speed. That's what gives it the light gathering capability. And who uses a lens like that? It's your sports photographers because they're in arenas and they're at football games at night. And so they need that 1.8, 2.8 light gathering capability of the lens because they already know their shutter speed needs to be where to shoot NFL football. Anybody know? Don't know. Thousands, two thousands of a second. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Two, it's gotta be. It's oh. gotta be super fast. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta be at two thousand, probably four thousands of a second. So you already got a very, very fast shutter speed. So what do you need to, to offset that? You need a fast lens. That's why they use that combination. Right. But we're not out shooting Sasquatch at night with a six hundred millimeter lens. So don't tell me you need Canon gear with a 1.8 or 2.8 lens to do that. You're just using the wrong gear and you're not understanding what you're trying to do. That's yeah. when you go to night vision. That's when you go to, to um, the flares. Back in the old days, we're talking mid eighties when I was into photography, I had uh -oh. a good old Yashica FX 70, which was a 35 millimeter camera. At I've that it time, too. it wasn't too bad. Okay. It was uh, as cameras go, it was, it was up there. I and, probably uh, have one inside still. <laughs> my shutter speed, uh, I remember you, you set it at one for taking still pics. And then uh, 100, excuse me. And then you could switch her up 200, 300, 400. Now on 400, uh, you could take a picture of a car driving down the road as it passes you. And it would stop the wheels. Uh, right. It looked like the car would be just sitting still. Right. And, uh, but on 100... Uh, the wheels would be blurred, you know, right. you can see there was still motion. And that's my uh, limit to my expertise. 
<laughs> See, and the the other thing that bothers me about this picture was always the ISO speed is a hundred, mm. and that's that's not right for an outdoor type um, of, of. That's a, taking a still pic. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's what this was, and a lot of people no movement whatsoever. That's right. a still pic. That's right. Oh, exactly. And, and there and there is the picture of it moving. It's whatever. That, but, that tells me that I mean, when you're shooting at a thirtieth of a second at a hundred ISO, you normally this is what's interesting. And what's the f stop five point six? Uh, f stop yeah. five six f number. Yep, five point six. Okay, so the rule of thumb, and every photographer knows this, is that if you're shooting ASA one hundred speed film, it's f eleven at one twenty fifth. If you shoot, you know, that's just. So that would be your normal shutter speed is one twenty fifth of a second, f eleven, and so right now he's at eleven eight five six five six. That's two stops, and then you're at one twenty fifth sixtieth. So he's four stops open from where he should be, if that's a daytime photo. Yep. So that tells me that that's probably shot at dusk, and that's the only way that could happen. Is that's a low light dusk situ situation and right, but or a studio situation? Uh, you had the time of the photo, right? Like, if I'm shooting this in the studio, this would be like um, the perfect setup 1658. Okay, so it's almost five o'clock there. Um, let me think here for a second. Oh, no, wait a minute. Five, that, nine. actually, actually, you're correct. That would be a fair statement to say that's a good studio setup. Yeah. I still wouldn't be at a 30th of a second. Sure. Still, yeah. still be at a 60th or 125th. But maybe, you know, a blur would add realism yeah. a little bit, you know, not too tack sharp. Um, and the big question to me is which picture was taken with this? Was it the picture of the stick or was it the picture of the Bigfoot? Right. Was, was it the background? Uh, because as you can see, it's a very layered <laughs> picture from the ELA. And I've ran some other tests on it too. There's some ghosting uh, of pixels on, on the picture itself and, and stuff like that. But I, I, I just, yeah. now that I have somebody that knows photography, I just wanted to verify yet another time that, you know, everything that I've been saying has been pretty accurate as far as the, um, you know, this, this seems more like he set this up in the studio. This is not a setting. I mean, I know about speed. I wouldn't set my camera at one thirtieth of the speed to shoot something outdoors. I'd be sending no. it. I'd be cranking it the shutter speed as high as I can. Right, right. You know, and I know this because my son was a runner in high school, so I, you right. know, I have to, you know, crank up that 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 setting to get pictures oh, yeah, of him dude. not blurred while yeah. he's running. Right. I mean, back in the good old days of film cameras, you know, uh, you could stop live action. And it's just yep. like uh, you're you're stopping time, yep. and uh, now you know I don't know, dude. I, that Sony Handycam of mine, you know, I <laughs> I don't. It wouldn't take a picture to do nothing. I mean, all you can see is pixels with it. <clears throat> well, that's something else too. The film camera was much better. The the quality was uh, very much sharper than anything you see today. And you know, I, I think. Go ahead, man. I haven't tested that yet. I I don't know if I would jump on that yet because back in the day when when we would shoot 
Oh gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, okay, so where I'm shooting in the swamp, I would probably be shooting, if I was shooting film, I'd be shooting probably 400 speed film. Right. I'd probably be about, you know, 2.8. And that would probably keep me about 125th, 250th of a second. Right. Um, when, it's, when the sun starts going down, now you're going to probably have to start pushing your film. Back right. in the day, we used to push one stop, 800, two stop, 1600. Then you had to start, and most big footers, if you're on a lake in twilight, you're going to be pushing your film to 800, 1600, right? If you're shooting black and white, what happens to the development time? You have to have a longer development time. So once you go into the longer development time, there's other factors there. There's temperature of the developer. If your developer is cool, you go much longer, it keeps the grain down. News photographers get in a hurry because they're printing on newsprint and they're only printing 200 DPI. So right. we, used, we used to shoot football 3200, process on really warm water, which jacks your contrast up, jacks the grain up on the film, but you could get done and home, you know, by 1 a.m. after shooting a game. Right. You know, that's, right. how, that's how that stuff works. So there's a lot of trade-offs. Um, I wouldn't go back to film if life depended on me. I, I, the only reason I would... <laughs> Now, the the so, only reason I would is because of the electronics issue. So here oh, we go. they can touch electronics. Okay. To be That's fair, you have people like me who always keep their camera the same because I don't remember what aperture, uh, yada, yada. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. not, not to, I'm uh, kind of a long-winded one. But, uh, you know, every picture is taken with the manufacturer's settings. I understand that, but we also have to remember that Todd Standing owned a production company by the name of Outstanding Productions, so he should know cameras. Yeah. If you're going to go out and buy that EOS nice camera, you know, you're going to have that set to the right settings. The other big thing, too, is that just proves to me, I mean, is, does the Sasquatch just go like this? <laughs> All the ones right. I've seen have. <laughs> yeah, right. So <laughs> it's going to have to move a little bit. It blink, whatever, twitch, yeah. right? Yeah. Why isn't it more blurry? Because that's only a 1 speed. Right. Because okay. if you're taking a picture at 130 speed and it blanks, you're going to get that's where you get the half eyes closed. Right. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Amy wrote touche. So, so yeah, I, I, you know, he claims to be all this in, in a bag of chips. I, I'm, I'm not taking, and not to mention that he's the guy that always has the pictures of the face shots of the, of the Bigfoot. You know, why is that? Well, and, and it's will. funny because he's learned because the last pictures, any picture since the time I pretty much debunked this with the ELA and all that, the settings, any other picture, oh, the metadata has disappeared. So, mm. yeah, that's not good. You got to keep your information there. Well, he won't. Well, and, that's that's a tell right there. I mean, yeah. I mean, I had someone ask, ask me for video the other day um, so they could verify it. Yep. <laughs> and I kind of came back and I said, uh, I shot it. I really don't need it verified. And they go, well, yeah, you do. You kind of need it verified. And I went, oh, okay. Now I know where you're coming from. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything um, I have, anybody um, with a uh, legitimate uh, angle that they're going at can look at my stuff. I agree. Amy goes, I agree with you. I just meant in general, my photos suck. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too, Amy. 
<laughs> they, yeah. they do. We're all in the same boat, except this guy here, Matt. There, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with the factory settings, and I even have a picture on my Instagram of a um, a white heron or egret um, in the swamp with sticks in front of it, because I often see someone sharing pictures with me, and they say, "Ah, oh, this was a Bigfoot, but it was behind the sticks, so I couldn't yeah. get a picture of." It. I went, "Uh, manual focused." Yeah. You know, there's a thing called manual focus. So, um, and I heard this on, I, I wish, you know, I feel like I'm stealing someone's line, but I, I wish I knew who said this, but yeah, I cannot remember who said it. And if somebody's out there, I, I do apologize. But I, when I'm out there, if I see a deer, I'll, sh I'll take a photograph of it. I mean, you have to be able to photograph other animals. <laughs> you right. know, if you can't photograph a possum in a tree, or a deer, or you know, um, a squirrel. I, I saw a bird at a camp spot that I swear, I swear, I'm within like that fast of seeing it do a wood knock. Yeah. And it was a black, it was a gray cattail, gray bird in central Florida that landed about 30 feet from our trailer. It was on a twig, it landed on a twig. I saw the bird. I was messing with my grill and I heard a tap and I looked back. It was a wood knock, just a nice settle, just, just a classic what I would think a wood right. knock would be. Right. And I turned around just as this bird was, had its feathers up and I went, that bird just pecked that branch it was on and made a wood knock. There was nothing else around it. And I was looking at the bird before I turned, click, I turned around. And I went, that bird made a wood knock. I swear that bird made a wood knock. I did not lay eyes on it pecking the tree. I, you know, I wish I had my camera just doing a, uh, a static cam roll behind the, behind the, uh, the trailer. Cause that would have been a piece of video. And I was actually with Max Powers that day. And I went, Hey, Max, this bird behind the trailer just made a wood knock, you know? And he's like, you've got to get that on film. You know, so I sat there for another 30 minutes waiting for this dang bird to make a wood knock and it never did. And I, I think you got a valid point there, Matt. I mean, if you see wildlife out there, you know, put it on camera. You know, the, the, the nothing else is good practice for if, when, and if you have that big event Absolutely. in your life. And you're like, oh, my gosh, here it is. Now I focus this. I do that. <laughs> now, but, uh, Tack asked about um, uh, geotagging. And truthfully, that is something... I discourage people to do is geotag their photos. And the reason why is what if you do get a picture of a Bigfoot? What if you're in a research area that you particularly like now that information, if you put that out there is all out there for all to see. And now you're going to get people that uh, yeah. kind of contaminate the crime scene. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. And that's why I do not geotag my pictures ever. Yeah, um, if it's, it's just, if it's stuff for your own private use, I could see doing it. That way, you can remember exactly right. where to go back. But if it's something that could ever be released, oh, now you've got uh, everybody in the United, well, everybody in the world knowing exactly. So if yeah. so, so Steve, you're into the. Um, I I've never looked at my metadata, so I I literally have no experience with it. So if I take a photo. Like when I was doing my iPhoneography in my landscape, if I took a photo live in the woods and run it through Snapseed, do all my manipulation and post it to Instagram, is the metadata metadata still there? Should be no. 
Should because I ran it through a third party app. Right. When you run it through like Facebook or that's why when I, when I <coughs> want to evaluate a picture, I give them my email address, send me the picture via email. Yep. I need the pictures on that card for that day. And then, because I want the before pictures, I want the after pictures. Right. If they tell me, well, that's the only picture I got. There's a problem right there. In itself. <laughs> if they continue and, and I've had, People that have turned out to be hoaxers tell me, oh, yeah, well, it's on Facebook. It's on Facebook. It's on Facebook. <laughs> you know, no, I want the original yeah, right. off the card in my email because I need to run the metadata. Not because I'm looking for the geotagging, which you can turn on and off on, on, on the device, but because I want I want to get that metadata because that metadata tells us so much like it does in the standing photo. Uh, you remember no. mine, Steve, when I sent you that video, first question you sent me back was, why is this dated 1980? And I'm like, I don't know, dude, that's a default yeah. on the camera, I guess. <laughs> and that, ha that can happen. Yeah. That can, that can happen. But, but sometimes date and time isn't the most important piece of, of thing. You want to look at your F-stop. You want to look at your ISO. You want to look at your focal range. Those are the, the three big ones right there because that'll tell you whether or not this is a stage photo or this was a, a camera that, yeah. hey, was ready to go for the outdoors or maybe right. it was on default settings. Right. So, I, you know, as from an investigator standpoint, that's very important to me. So I, I do understand some of the the um, of that type of uh, stuff. But there is one picture I'm particularly proud of. And uh, people, ask, you know, I, I'm one of those people that I see an animal, I'll take a, a picture. So one day I'm driving into work and I pull over because I see this bird. Um, and we'll, we'll pop that picture right up. And there it is flying off, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's and good. That's a turkey vulture, by the way. You stopped him, yeah. That's a turkey. Very good. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I want it. And it just turned out a nice, crisp um, you know, Holy again, smoke. yeah, looks like he's doing push ups on the highway, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> are you sure that's not one of those modern day kites? Yeah, no, that, that was a... <laughs> some little kid running down the street past the stop sign, yeah. pulling on a string. Yeah, I was, I was starting to walk closer to him, and he's like, I'm out. I have, uh, <laughs> Years ago, I actually opened my front door, and there was two turkey vultures 20 feet from the door just sitting around, and they were playing with a a, a, a ball. Uh, the oh. one turkey vulture was actually kicking the ball around, which was kind of funny. Oh, um, God. What a place for a video camera. <laughs> I took a video of it. Oh, you did? Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I got to find it, but I, I took a video. I remember it. I'm one of my, probably on my cloud somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, down in Florida at Mayaka, there's a... Uh, a park by the lake where everybody goes and there's a big parking lot by the lake and all these RVs go down there and they park because it's a good space to turn around yeah. and they park their car and then they go into the, the store, an ice cream store, a sandwich shop, you know, buy, buy your map, my state park t-shirt. Right. They come back and their, 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 um, their RV is just like picked apart. The roof is just decimated <laughs> by Turkey vultures. Oh. They're land They're landing on, the cars down there and there there's big signs don't you know park here don't leave your car oh no because <laughs> the turkey balls they're eating the rubber around your driving your windshield oh, anything gosh. anything black they're just they're just ripping it off your car and so evidently they dismantled someone's uh brand new rv roof and just ripped it to shreds so 
So now we're, I'm, I'm in the process of, of sending the, the picture over to my computer because I want to prove to everybody that this is not a kite. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Matt, uh, I'm going to back backtrack a little bit. Earlier, uh -oh. you said you'd got a, 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 was it a video or a photo or was it just a personal sighting of you saw one that kind of, Stuck one eye out from behind the tree and went back. Was that a video or it's a video? I haven't seen that. Okay, it, it's video. That. Yeah. Um. There's a um. I can't remember if it's one of my teases, sneak peeks to the film that I have posted or not. I don't. I don't know if I posted that one. Um. It is on my channel. There. There's a short on my. Yeah. I think it's on. I know for a okay. for a hundred percent, it's on Instagram. So if you go to. Central Florida Bigfoot on Instagram. There's a okay. view where I shot it off my computer screen. It has a little post-it note on it mm -hmm. because as, as the thing moves across and, and runs, I, when it happens right over the post-it note and, right. and I, I run it three times and that's on my Instagram channel. And in the upcoming video, I brought it back in and slowed it down. Oh, there you go. Okay. Were, uh, were you able to make out the color of the eye shine or was it, uh, no, no, it's profile. It's okay. profile black. It almost looks like a basketball going by, okay. but it looks like, um, it looks like a profile, and is as if it had like shoulder length hair, and the hair is kind of separating from the shoulder. Yeah, it has that look as it goes by, like <laughs> you know, like a really bad shoulder okay. length. Well, yeah. it's it's one of my standard things. I, I really uh, I'm interested in the the topic of eye shine, so. If there's any chance that somebody may have seen some eye shine, no. I always want to ask him what color. No, this was day. This was daytime, and okay. yeah. And Tim T was riding, running body cam, and he saw it in my film first. When he right. saw it in my film, he went back to his body cam, and he has it picked up before yeah. I have it. So he has movement on his, and then it shoots across mine. Okay. And we did not see it. We did not hear it. We saw it after the fact. So David Winter asks, how do you geotag where there's no GPS or phone signal? Well, simply you don't. But there's very few areas that don't have GPS because that comes from the satellite. <laughs> where, um, you know, unless you have an older device like my my Garmin Rhino, which I bought in the, in the um, early 2000s. It's probably about 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Doesn't pick up a good signal in certain mountains because... It's it's running off old satellite technology, not the newer satellite technology. Um, as far as getting a drone, um, remember you're you're even if you have no phone signal, you do have a GPS signal, and it will uh, communicate to your drone via the phone. So if you have to return it home, it will hone in on your Wi-Fi signal as opposed to your <laughs> GPS signal. Uh, so it, it wouldn't come back to me, Steve. I get. If I, if I said, please come home, it would say crash. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, we're, we're coming down to look, David, how quick that went. We're ah. nine, nine minutes left to show. That was so quick. we're going to, we're going to wrap this up. And I want to thank you, first of all, for, for coming on tonight and expounding a lot of knowledge to the audience. Our audience, like I said, is, we have the, one of the oh. smartest audiences in the world yeah. and they're eating this up. Nobody's angry. Nobody's. Really? Oh, absolutely not. No. no, 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 no. I don't recognize the names in this audience, so um, no. that's good. So good. <laughs> that's a good thing because I, I don't, no. yeah. I, I seriously, and, and I want to say this. Uh, you know, I. It seems like I know a lot, but 
I, I just know photography. And, right. and, when, and when you're in a group, when you're in a, a subset of a group and nobody else knows photography, I, I'm no expert. If you bring in 10 professional photography you know, people and put them all, like you said, in the same room, we, we all just melt away. Right. Um, but if you can get someone in your neighborhood or you know, in your state that wants to go out shooting with you, it's not hard to get someone. And you know, they'll probably put me to shame, but they're gonna have to do a lot of research because I've done a lot of research on cameras <laughs> for, for, this, for this particular reason. Right, exactly. I'm gonna start looking at Lumix and gimbals. <laughs> I'm start Wait, early. let me get my links in my on my videos first. <laughs> yes. When, uh, when when are you planning releasing that video? Um, it's done. I just did a voiceover like 20 minutes before it came on because uh, I've never done a voiceover on a video before. I want to run it by uh, the people in the film and make sure I promise that I would not post it until they reviewed it. So I will be sending it their way um, very very soon. Mike says drink. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Stabilizer. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> so, so Mike, it's, you're listening. It's, it's going to come your way, if not tonight, in the morning. And Tim T, if you're still listening. Um, and Dave, I, I haven't seen Dave in the chat. but And, and uh, Western New York says, great show. Thanks, guys. I have a goal now. Get better with cameras. Yeah, we should have something. Uh, and Bigfoot Okanagan says, great job tonight, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, I, I awesome, awesome. I mean, this is the kind of show we like to do is to yes. provide some some nice, raw, good information out to our audience, which is mostly Bigfoot researchers. So that's yep. an awesome thing. But um, again, thank you for coming on, Matt. Chris, final words for the night. Uh, well, again, I'd like to thank Matt for coming on and uh, sharing his insight on photography with us. It's been rewarding and educational. Uh, and I want to thank our wonderful audience. <laughs> yeah, our, our listeners and our, our chat room people are the greatest uh, the greatest that I could ever hope for. We appreciate having each and every one of you here every time. Thank you. Yes, and we also appreciate any like, share, and subscribe. You if you go sharing is caring. So if you haven't subbed the channel, please do. You know, give us a like. All the likes we can get are always useful to us. If if you think me or Chris stunk tonight, you can give us a thumbs down. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll take it. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know who knows what's going to happen next week. You never know around here. Still working on next week's show as always. Uh, once in a while, I'll get in a, I'll get on a rampage where I'll I'll get three or four guests lined up over a period of time. But um, you know, a little bit busy this this uh, past couple of weeks. So uh, on behalf, and I, like I said, I couldn't ask for a better guest tonight than no, Matt Larson. Sure. Make awesome. sure you visit his. YouTube page. It's right down there in the description below. And uh, hey, for those listening on re on replay, give us any comments, questions, anything like that. We we read them all. So for everybody here at Squatch DTV, we want to wish everybody a happy, safe, and healthy week. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Hey, next Sunday's Father's Day, isn't it, Chris? You know, I don't know. Maybe it's the second Sunday. It's the second Sunday of June. Uh, I guess that's right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, uh, and you're a father too. You should be ashamed of yourself. No, <laughs> well, you know, I'm Father's sure the kids Day. will let me know. You know. <laughs> no, it Maybe just they... means he, it just means he's not counting on any gifts. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, Hope for the best, but expect the worst. <laughs> there you go.
All right, folks. Again, have a great week, and um, you know, God bless, and most of all, keep on squatching. Hey, folks! You've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash stevecalls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.